0: Welcome to the Power Through the 4th Whistle Roller Derby Podcast. This is Jackie Bauer. Thank you for joining me today on the path to become better athletes, teammates, leaders, and human beings. We would love it if you would subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes, Spotify, Facebook, All the places that you can review. We actually got some new ratings this week. And before I go into all the other places you can find us, I have to say, wow, you guys. Just wow. I was blown away by the response to last week's episode. I could not believe it. Like, within one day, we had as many listens as our podcast normally has in a week. Within two days, it became the most listened to episode of all the times. And now, a week later, it has double the listens of our average episode. Guys, thank you so much for sharing and spreading the word. I really hope that some of you guys will stick around and keep spreading the word, all the positive message of powering through the fourth whistle. other places you can find us, of course, are at the Facebook page, facebook.com slash power through fourth whistle, P-O-W-E-R-T-H-R-U, the number four, T-H-W-H-I-S-T-L-E. I was doing so good. <laughs> Email your derby thoughts to powerfourthwhistle@gmail.com at gmail.com and hit us up on Twitter at powerfourthwhistle. I still don't know what I'm doing on Twitter. Please come teach me how to tweet. All right. I have a really big surprise for you guys. A long time ago, this podcast actually started with a different individual. This individual is Coach Dan, and he started with Coach Dan Talks, partly because he had wonderful things to share and partly to give me the kick in the butt to finally start recording podcast episodes because he knew I had a lot to say as well. And we are so happy today to welcome back Coach Dan! Yay! Hi. We need an applause button. You normally have sound effects for your other stream.
1: <laughs> um, we can get into that later. Hi, everybody. Uh, that was quite the intro. Well done. <laughs> Holy I, cow.
0: I have to say, like uh, you probably didn't know this until recently, but I have actually been competing with your in- initial episodes all along because the first episode was always the most listened to episode of all the times until now.
1: Yeah, so that's why I'm back. I have to reassert dominance.
0: Yeah, and I'm totally okay with that.
1: I'm actually back uh, because I took a very long roller derby vacation, which we can get into someday that I do encourage these things, but about three months away, so I could come back with enthusiasm instead of exhaustion.
0: You took a legit off-season.
1: Yep. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yep <laughs> I, I I came to nothing. I uh read zero Derby emails. I talked to zero Derby. I basically uninstalled Facebook. It was a legit vacation, but it I needed it um even when things go well and you have a great season, you need a break you need to be able you need to be able to bring the same um enthusiasm that people come to expect, and if you burn yourself out, that doesn't happen. Just isn't possible,
0: and it worked because you have come back. We have resumed regular practices in our season, and I—I'll never forget how much energy and excitement you had after like the very first practice back, or like, "Yay, the derby is happening!" Well, you—you you said it way cooler than that. In my head, it was like, "Yay, the derby!"
1: <laughs> yep, <laughs> still enthusiastic, but when you say it, I can't really compete.
0: <laughs> All right, so. Uh, last week's episode that was so wonderful was helping rookie skaters get past their minimum skills requirements, their test, their 27 laps in five minutes, all of that, like all that pressure, all that work. All right, so now we're addressing the skater. You have passed all of these things. This is wonderful. You have done it. You can always be proud of this achievement. The first time you pass those laps, nobody can ever take that away from you, that feeling. You're going to remember it forever. And now you actually want to play the game. But there's all these other people who want to play the game too. So we're going to be talking about how do you get on a roster. So Coach Dan, what are your thoughts for addressing particularly the rookie skater? They've never played the game before. How do they get from, yay, I passed my laps, can I play the derbs now? To, like, actually being on the roster and get put in the game.
1: It's a big question. So the first thing that comes to mind is uh, the standards for every league are different. There is a unified skills test, but there's sort of like some leagues, it's like you did it well once, and now you passed, But they don't look much harder at you. The main reason that that comes to mind is if, as a coach, and definitely as other players, if you are still in any way unstable on skates, uh, doing any of the normal moves that happen in a game, that's, to me, somebody who can't go into a game. So the amount of time you spend on the floor is a a very, it's a big barometer, barometer for me. Uh, just being on your feet. I stress it a lot all the time. So being able to keep your feet is huge. Your footwork is not done. You have more to do. You, you have more stability to gain. So usually a skater who's not re- who might have past skills but isn't ready is one who's often on the floor a lot. The other thing that I look for a lot would be a skater who doesn't know how to work with people yet. Because you can pass all of your individual skills, but not know kind of the flow of the game or how to go out there and interact with your teammates. And if your teammates are constantly moving you, corralling you, pushing you from one side of the track to the other. If you're constantly apart from your teammates when you should be with them or you're unable to go on your own and do something like attempt to make a play on offense Or defense when it is necessary but if basically your teammates are always responsible for your positioning then you are not ready you have to be able to position yourself with your own knowledge and be able to respond to the group that you're with if they need you to do something you need to do it safely quickly and uh, confidently preferably
0: so we're at a place now where we're hoping like we're not gonna we don't want the skater to be hey just stand here in the middle, and hope for the best, and we're going to move you around. We want you to be completely responsible for your actions, be able to get from one side of the track to the other, understand where you should be so that you can be in the right
1: place. All those things. That's what we. That's what we're stressing with teams that we've been on. Um, and but that wasn't always that way, and that comes from seeing the difference that it makes from having a team with a few stars that. that know the game and play the game at a high level and then when somebody passes their skills they just bring them out there they put them on the track and this person is going to be responsible they're going to tell you where to be they're going to push you and throw you if they need to uh, and shove you around the track we've seen that that is not good for the long-term benefits uh, for the gameplay itself and for the team chemistry as a whole when you're reliant on individuals too much it doesn't work so yeah uh, the best way to get to the roster, the best way to get to that place has to be to be a competent roller derby player. And there's the double edge to that, right? Because some people will always argue that, how can I get better if I don't get out there? There will always be people who say that they need to be on the track to get that. But hopefully your practice offers this with scrimmages. And hopefully your practice offers this with drills that simulate gameplay. Because if if you succeed in the situations that practice offers, you can succeed in gameplay. That's where you have to build the confidence in your teammates and your coaches to put you there. So that kind of chicken and the egg argument going back to, but I need to be out there to learn. I will tell you that for most teams and women who put a lot of work into the sport, Bout Day is not training wheels anymore. It is time to show what we do. Because we work so hard on these skills and these strategies. It is time to show what we're up to. They're do not; they not interested in teaching you on bout day. Teach you at practice, yes. Bout day, no.
0: And to piggyback on that, I would definitely recommend if you feel like you're not getting enough scrimmage time, like real derby scenarios, situations, and drills, to feel like your awareness is getting there and your skills are getting there, you can also after you've passed your skills, you can jump in on any mixed scrimmage you want. There are tons of them out there. I bet that they're within uh, an hour or two of you easily, and you can just go play for a weekend with people who don't know you, who have like no reason to judge you, and you can all just have a great time learning together. You can fail as many times as you need to in order to learn to succeed. And it's beautiful because there's no pressure. There's no wins or losses for your home team that you have to worry about. This is just you learning the game. This is always an option. You can always go get more derby if you're not getting enough during practice time. All right. Um, What other uh, suggestions would you have for maybe learning more about basic gameplay? Because there's just so much to it. Like, I... I always tell people, watch as much derby as you can. Um, Mm -hmm. We recently, on one night a week, we don't have a practice space. So we got together and watched a game together as a team, everyone who could make it. And that was really nice because everyone sees something different. There's a lot of different questions to ask. And it's a really great opportunity for rookie skaters in particular to try and understand what everyone else is seeing, what they should be looking for. And uh understanding what to do in what situations
1: <laughs> yeah uh, watching derby is huge if you can't pick up all let me start that again I've seen very experienced skaters that don't pick up all the things that they could from watching roller derby lot um, like on WFTDA TV it it was an interesting thing that has happened is I we can watch a jam as a team and I can say who noticed this and People often don't. Uh, their mm-hmm. eyes follow, I guess, where everything's go, and there's a lot of shiny in roller derby. And it's or they only this... look at the jammer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, only looking at the jammer is certainly a thing or a blocker that they feel some connection to. But it's a, it's a fast-moving game. I'll also say that most players are very poor at watching practice. When they're not in a drill, they're usually thinking about being in a drill and not watching what's going on on the track right now to learn from... It, like that's a learning opportunity too. If you're on the sidelines for um, a certain drill, it is recovery time. But as soon as your heart rate is a bit under control, you most people tune out, joke with each other, and they're just waiting for their next turn instead of watching what other people do and what's working and think, watching for things that they could try. Um, so that's also an opportunity is watching practice. Uh, if you get too tired, if you get sore, if you're not feeling it that day, whatever. A lot of people pack up and go home, but watch practice. I, I, I don't often understand why people can't watch practice and absorb how things go from watching. Um, but that's Yeah,
0: me. one of my favorite things to watch is just... A absolutely realistic derby situation like a three-on-one drill where three blockers are going up against a jammer and maybe everybody in the line is a jammer and they just face one person after another after another and the same three people are blocking and it's so much fun to see where they start in the drill and where they end up and how they learn in between each person well that didn't work let's try this maybe we should change our positioning of who's standing where uh, maybe we should have the brace or not have the brace And that's how you learn. You see somebody else's learning process. And then when it's your turn to be the blocker, yours is going to be so much faster because you can learn from what other people are learning too. It isn't always about you physically being out there doing the things. Everyone I know who has had a really fast progression in derby has been watching a lot of derby. Like anyone who watches a lot of derby, they just progress so much quicker because they see things they want to do from their teammates, from people on uh, WFTDA.TV, and they come to practice like burning to try things out and grabbing other people and being like, hey, come do this with me. And, you know, anyone just with a burning desire to learn, you're going to learn.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And asking questions like why people do what they do. Yes. In a... In a good way.
0: <laughs> what would you say is a good way, Dan? What? So,
1: uh, so yeah. I think we're all... There's two types. Usually there's the type who doesn't ask any questions because they don't want to feel stupid or bother people. And then there's the type who asks all the questions all the time. And when you are approaching somebody specifically asking all the time why they do what they do... Eventually, if that person has any defensive bones in their body, and most of us do, they're probably going to be annoyed. <laughs> it's actually um, a really good idea rather than kind of just digging into that, well, my mom taught me to always ask questions, so I always ask questions, side of your personality, to instead, if you need to, make a list, but you know, before practice sometime, look around, try to get an idea for who likes answering questions. Some players like to answer questions. Some players want none of that. It can do you a lot of good to be asking your questions to the right player or to the right coach. Um, Hopefully your coach is good at answering questions and doesn't mind questions. Finding out when they want to take questions is also a good idea. For me, I do not want to answer many questions during a drill. Um, I'm trying to focus on what is happening on what people are doing. I usually have a time for questions before and after drills when I'm on my game and remembering to say, are there any questions? And uh, most of the time my skaters now remind me if they do have questions like, hey, we need to do questions right now. And I'm like, oh yeah, okay. But I also make time before and and after every practice to hang out near where the skaters are. If somebody wants to come over and talk to me, they can. Very rarely very rarely happens, but I do try to answer questions. Do try to find out though from your players, like it, it will be pretty clear. Some players will be really into answering questions. They'll be very social and some will be very into not discussing why their foot did that thing that it did. It's just the way I do it. It worked. Go away. Leave me alone. I am obsessed with being the greatest of all time right now.
0: Right. <laughs> <laughs> um and I was just thinking, uh, along with being a good question asker and targeting the correct types of people to answer your questions, being a good listener is also so important because there are skaters who want to see you succeed. Your coach wants to see you succeed. Whenever somebody is talking and trying to explain things to you, try and absorb everything. Uh, there are things that are going to be thrown at you. You might not understand all of it right away, but just keep making your best effort and reaction time to respond. For example, if you're on the track as a blocker and there's a leader out there who's trying to kind of direct the action, tell everyone where the jammer is and where we're going to move to and how we're going to move, and they're just being a good communicator, just just keep soaking it in and try to do everything they're saying. Even if your body isn't completely cooperating, just keep trying because... You're gonna get there. Derby feels so fast in the beginning, but as you get more experience, it's gonna slow down. And then your reaction time's gonna go up and you're gonna feel like you're seeing so much more than you saw before. Whereas in the beginning, everything was a blur. And now you can identify specific people and specific voices and specific situations where you should do a thing that you learned how to do. It all becomes easier with time. But just you know, keep those ears open. And try really hard to respond (laughs) um so we've talked about the rookie skater getting on their first roster ever just basically becoming eligible to be rostered because there's a difference between being skills tested and being ready to be in the game because maybe they weren't a hundred percent like stable yet well, let's say now that they've, they've gotten to them, themselves to this place where we're starting to look at them. How do they get a spot in that 15? Or how do they get on the alt list? Like, What do you look at coming up to game day?
1: Okay, so sort of in the weeks leading up to roster decision, whenever that is, obviously they have to be... Um, attendance has to be good. There's just no chance without it because we don't know you. You are the new thing. So we have to see you and we have to see where you fit into the group and how uh, hard you work. So attendance should be a given. It, like n- nothing else we can possibly say can replace attendance. Would you agree with that?
0: Yeah. The, the team needs to see you to believe in you. Yep. They need to know you're going to be there. If they're like, hey, we haven't seen so-and-so in the last like couple of weeks they're going to wonder, do you want this? <laughs> we we don't even know where, where this person is.
1: <laughs> and also depending when your rosters, like your finalized rosters and alt lists are released. For us, we try to release it about a week in advance, but some teams might do it much further in advance. If you get on that list and then don't show up for a few weeks, you can't expect playtime either. But we're just talking about getting on the roster, but that's mm-hmm. kind of a, a follow-up to that. So um, then the rest of so to kind of follow on that question was how to get looked at for playing time and get time in the game, right? So yeah. this is a this is the common misconception that people seem to have is that it's all about what a, what your coach thinks of you or if you have a coaching committee or group all about what your coaches think of you. I run into this all the time. And this, I think, comes from anybody who's played sports in high school or college, any, any you know, school-level sports, um, or possibly in the workplace. And what I mean by that is if you are in middle school, high school, or college, the coach is the boss. And what they think of you matters a great deal to your success on the team at all, right? So if that was your experience in sports, you're used to that. Also, in most workplaces, the boss is the boss. uh, What your supervisor thinks of you has a great deal to do with whether or not you'll get a promotion, whether or not you will last. And a lot of people take that same attitude into roller derby, but this is voluntary adult sports, Uh, a not-for-profit league made up of people spending their spare time trying to Improve at their craft and play the game that they love. It's very different from those other places. And the main difference that that is felt, it may not be this way at all leagues, but I would argue that it should be. The main, a big place where that is felt is in coaching. Because in a league like this, it's not about necessarily what the coach thinks of you, it's about what your teammates think of you. It's about if your teammates trust you on the track. If your teammates believe in you, and for any reason the coach does not, eventually your teammates will win. I've, I, I've seen these tug-of-wars in the la- like over the years between a coach who doesn't think a player is ready and teammates who think they are. The team always wins. Because a roller derby player who's able to commit the time and put in the work and get skilled is much more valuable, to be honest... Than even great coaches because we only have so many players it's really hard especially in small leagues to have enough um, committed players good at this very unique game this very fringe type of activity that if you put in the work and you have the skills and your teammates like you if those three factors like are coming together you are incredibly valuable to the organization to the team and nobody will want to stand in the way of that Um, personally as a coach My job isn't to tell anybody who should be on a roster. It's to hear from my team who they believe should be on the roster, like who they trust on the track. That is always the question if we're debating a player. I talk to my captains, our athletic director, they are skaters, and anybody who they kind of want to bring in on that conversation, the leaders on lines sometimes get talked to about this. And it's always the same question when they're debating two skaters. It's who do you trust? If if you were out there, you know, I would put you on the spot, Jackie. I'd say, all right, Jackie, we have Skater Jill and Skater Jane. Everybody else fouled out. <laughs> They're all in the box. No one else can help you. You have a choice, Jill or Jane. Who is it? Who's that, the
0: one person you want to be on the track with right now?
1: Yes, because that's what it really matters. And that trust and that respect has nothing to do with this skill or that skill. It's the whole package. It's... Have you come this far? Have they seen you work? Do they believe in you? You have to earn that. And I want to come back to something that we said there called likability.
0: Yes, tell me about likability. Because a lot of people
1: are going to take that the wrong way and mean I have to kiss everybody's butt, right?
0: We're hoping this isn't a popularity contest. It is not
1: a popularity contest. Uh, Skill and talent can overcome any amount of odd quirkiness. You can be kind of a... you, You can have an attitude... And a nasty face, and not be fun to talk to. Arresting you know what face. <laughs> Skill and talent can rise above that. That is absolutely true. But you probably you don't have to be the most empathetic person in the world. You don't have to worry about everybody's feelings. But you should make an effort to figure out what works for other what works with other people on the track and who you work well with, because those are the people who are going to advocate for you. And if you can keep them happy with your play and what you do, you will have advocates. If you have advocates, even a handful of them, as either a blocker or a jammer, if you have advocates, you have a much better chance of being on the roster. And this isn't about getting them to like your personality. It's about getting them to like your game and tolerate your personality. And I mean even if you are the most likable person in the world, if you have no game, they will not tolerate it. Like I said, bout day is not training wheels for these women. It is about showing the amazing talent that they have developed as a coach. I view my job is helping skaters get to that place. Um, mainly in developing the skills, but as far as this other thing about getting accepted by the team and being likable and tolerable tolerable enough mm-hmm. by the team. Most players don't get that. It's a very hard thing to coach because most players if they hear this kind of thing from a coach, take it as criticism and they take it as the coach does not like me. And that is not an attitude that will get you anywhere near a roster, mostly because A, the coach is trying to help you if they're a good coach. And B, whether or not the coach likes you sh- isn't the priority. It's your teammates. Um, What do you think of that?
0: I think that is really, really important because I do think a lot of people have that misconception that if the coach doesn't like me, I'm not going to play. And then the first thing they'll do is go tell somebody and somebody else. And then they're just running their mouth. And then you are creating drama where there didn't have to be drama. And... Some people are going to come along with you for the drama ride because some people can't resist. It's human nature. Sometimes they like a little bit of that. But if you have a team that actively works hard to not have drama, to work together as a team, to be always the team first and stop any kind of weird crap on the side from happening, they're not going to put up with that.
1: The big subject on its own, isn't it?
0: Yeah, that's probably a future episode. I always end up with future episodes during current episodes. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, I can absolutely think of so many times where it's been between skater A and skater B and, you know, it comes down to how well can they work with everybody else?
1: And I, wanna, I want to stress something else, too, because a lot of people get this wrong. I stressed attendance, that there is no substitute for it. I believe that is true. But attendance does not guarantee you anything. It's not just that you showed up. It's how you showed up and what you did while you were there.
0: Yes, you can be at every single practice. But if you are not participating fully in that practice... It is going to count against you in the eyes of the people who count your teammates and when I say participate fully I mean I mean I sometimes jobs and things uh, interfere with this but be there on time ready to participate do your best to have your energy levels great from beginning to end of practice so take care of yourself earlier in the day with hydration food all of those things And just be in the moment.
1: (laughs) You talked fast through that. Um, You want me to go back to something? I want you to go back to food because almost every practice, (laughs) almost every practice when I see somebody basically make a bad showing of themselves, and I know you better than most because we live together, but um, almost every practice where I see somebody not perform to their potential, I usually hear... At the end, if I dig around and try to figure out what happened, the word food comes up.
0: (laughs) Hangry comes up. It usually ends up, I was hangry today. (laughs) So do your best to avoid the pitfalls of the hangry.
1: (laughs) If you want to get on a roster, you got to be able to show up to practice with a good attitude, hard work, and and to put out good results on the track. So feed yourself at the right times with the right things like your roster opportunity depends on it.
0: Yes. And, um, like you were saying before, uh, what are you doing with your time when you're not active in a drill watching other people? Are your eyes alert, focused and engaged? Are you in practice right now? Or are you talking about something that happened earlier in the day or earlier in the week? Um, don't drift off, like be ready to get intense. A way that you can really show everyone you're committed is just to push yourself as hard as you can during endurance. And just show everyone you are fighting for a spot with your attitude and your body language. Um, You know, be an eager beaver. That is okay. It is really okay to let everyone know how excited you are about roller derby. We like that. You're not lame. We do want people who are excited to be here. It reminds us how much we love the sport, too. No one will think you're lame because you're working hard, because you care about doing really well. We want more of that. And in that same vein, especially when you're a rookie skater, show up at team events too, outside of practice, those sponsorship things, fundraisers, whatever. Whatever the team needs to succeed, show everyone, yeah, I'm in it for the long haul. I'm going to help out with these things too. Go to a committee meeting. I'm not saying this has to be your entire life and you have to drop everything and join every committee and bend over backwards because being in every committee does not get you on the roster. Just as showing up at every single practice does not immediately get you on the roster, but showing people you are going to be around does help because I can't tell you how how many times, like there are some skaters, some veteran skaters who aren't going to give rookie skaters the time of day until they know they're going to be around because The hearts have just been broken too many times. They they get really invested in a newer skater. They put lots of time and love and energy into their progress. Oh, they're going to be so good. And then they just disappear one day. Oftentimes with gear, you lent them that you never see again. And it's just crushing. So they do want to love you. They want to fall in love with you. Allow people to fall in love with you. (laughs) Be lovable. (laughs) Be there. Uh, You know, just be like, hey, you can count on me. This is important to me. I'm going to help out with non-skating stuff in addition to skating stuff and understand that non-skating stuff does not substitute for skating stuff. You still have to have all the skills to be good at the derbs.
1: Yeah, yeah, that is all true.
0: I feel like we are coming to the end here and have covered this subject pretty well.
1: Do you want a bullet point, like the the top things that they should be doing?
0: Well, my original plan doesn't work for that anymore. Help me out with bullet points, Coach Dan. <laughs> Tell me one. Let, let's let's quickly go through it.
1: All right. So, you got to show up. Show Attendance, up. right? Show up. You got to show up. Nothing nothing beats that. You have to keep improving. Stay on your feet. Stay engaged at practice. Learn, get as much time as you can on the track and learn from your time off the track or waiting for your turn. Stay engaged. Um, use your coaches and the people who like to answer questions. Identify the people on your team that are like to answer questions and that are there to help you and talk to them and really get their assistance. Be likable enough for your personality to be tolerated and your skills to be appreciated by a certain group of players so that they can advocate for you. You
0: don't have to be Pollyanna, but you gotta be something everyone can tolerate.
1: (laughs) And it is about earning the trust of your team and earning the respect of your teammates, not about impressing one coach or one captain or one player. So do not devote all of your time and energy into impressing one person and do not then blame that person when things aren't going your way. It is about your teammates, it is about the group. You have to be able to show your value to the group so that they will push for you to be a member of the team on that all important bout day when, as I'll say it again, nobody's looking for training wheels that day. So last bullet point, be self-sufficient, be capable, be able to move, Know what you're doing. Show that you can do that at practice, at mixed scrimmages, and at other places. Don't expect anybody to carry your bags for you on bout day.
0: Perfect. All right. I knew you'd do a good job wrapping it up. So, before I go to the outro music, I will give you the teaser that the subject for next time is... Okay. You are a skater who is now often... On the roster how do you get more playing time how do you get to that next level where you are a regular out on the track eating up time all right thank you coach Dan for coming back to the show we are so happy to have you back I know that there have been people waiting for your return on pins and needles probably probably and... <laughs> maybe just in my head <laughs> Thank you to everyone who has already uh, rated and reviewed the podcast. And if you haven't done it yet, it just takes a second. All you have to do is look at your device that you're listening to it on right now, like click on the show, and just scroll around a little bit and find, okay, where's the spot where I add a little star thing and do some stars? We like stars in roller derby, right? We put them on our heads. Um, You know, give me some of those, please, Um, so other people can find the podcast. And if you're really enjoying it, say something nice about it. And if you're not, I guess you could do that, too. But I'd prefer it if you said something nice. (laughs) All right. We have been talking about Derby and sharing Derby thoughts. Pew, pew. Hey there, friends. Want to know how you can support the Power Through the Fourth Whistle Roller Derby podcast and look super cool doing it? Our store has a bunch of roller derby designs that can be put on all kinds of super soft, high-quality t-shirts, tank tops, sweatshirts, hoodies, notebooks, mugs, stickers, blankets, and more at Threadless. Whether you love cartoon animals on roller skates, like our Apex Predator T Rex or Jamalama, to messages like Roller Derby Strong and My Mom Plays Roller Derby, there's really something for everybody. Visit PowerForthWhistle.threadless.com. That's P O W E R, the number four, T H W H I S T L E. threadless.com. Thank you for your support, and back to our show.